The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk podcast. Everyone, welcome to a very special series. And we got some good feedback from the last short series that we did, so we thought we'd come back with another three-part series. This is one that you guys voted on a little while ago now. We, we presented a couple of options, but this was one of the ones that you guys voted, which was the three things that the church got wrong. And that's supposed to be special? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It is. <laughs> uh, I, I'm at the table here with Dave, Ben, Nathaniel, and of course myself and Luke. <laughs> you sure you're Luke? I'm sure I'm Luke. <laughs> There's four of us at the table. That's all you need to know, okay? All right. Uh, Get over it. Stop laughing. <laughs> I'm just looking up synonyms for special, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show you later. I'll, You'll need some new words. <laughs> Thank you. Like I'll make a I'm trying to make a habit. Like every time we release a new episode, pick a new synonym. There we, there we go. There's there's a oh there's a number. Okay, so th- this is a very a special episode. It is a festive episode. It's an extraordinary. You got to choose the right one. It's a major episode. It's, it's a, an uncommon one. It's a, it's a memorable episode. It's I a, like festive. We'll go with festive. <laughs> Momentous was in there. Uh, I don't think this is a festive well, episode. The, 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 the very first one is is appropriate. Appropriate. Well, we hope it is an appropriate episode. Oh wow! Um, All right, we've seriously gone off track. <laughs> what is the series about, Luke? The three things the church got wrong. Yeah, Luke, you want to explain that a little bit more? Are you done? <laughs> I'm done. This is special, man. Festive. It's festive. <laughs> oh boy! Sometimes I wish this was a solo episode. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so basically the the concept behind what we're doing is not to tear the church down. Now, we're talking about things that we have observed uh, historically in our particular community of mm. faith, but that's not to say that we're trying to pull it down or say that anyone uh, did any worse a job than we would have done in their shoes. What we're really pointing out is the errors that come in or the, the mistakes that are made as a result of the human condition. And we're doing that in the hope that we'll be able to protect and our, our churches and be able to insulate them for the future. So we'll be able to improve over time. It's hmm. the, all the hindsight and looking back and um, learning from our past. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even scripture encourages us to do that, right? Mm-hmm. That we should we should look at what, where we've been. Well, isn't reading scripture learning from our past? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and... What are the three things out of the many things the church has got wrong that yeah. we have chosen to talk about? Yeah, so the three that we're working with is combativeness, is the one that we're going to be talking about tonight. But we also, in this series, should we tell them what we're doing for the other ones? Yeah. Yeah, okay, right, all right. So we're talking about the, another episode, we'll be talking about the argumentative discourse or, mm. or, or how we have historically done a pretty mediocre job of evangelism in the sense mm. of bringing our, our message in a com- in a very uh, commanding or argumentative way. Mm. Third, the, the third and final is uh, control or micromanagement, which is something mm. that is very common in, in churches and is not a new thing. So, so they're, the, they're the three topics. Tonight, we're, g- we're going to be talking specifically about com- combativeness or a question of whether people mm. should fight in war and in, in a combat role. 
And this out of all of them is probably the most specific to our denomination mm. in the sense that we're not the only denomination who's had the question, yeah. but we're going to be talking about the history that we have had as a denomination with the issue. Yeah. And hopefully you can see different aspects of that that are appropriate to your own denomination too. Yeah. Um, because I think it'll be across the board. Mm-hmm. And so for this discussion to make sense, we do need to give a little bit yeah. of history. Tell so, us the story. So before I do that, what, what I will mention is that it's there's a great podcast. I want to give a shout out to Matt Lucio. Matt has been on mm. the show with us. He runs the Adventist History Podcast. And so if you're interested in this at all, check out his podcast because he's got a, a number of great episodes uh, on well, on various topics surrounding this, but specifically also on this particular split that, that I'm going to mention. I'm going to do a horrible job compared to Matt because he is the pro at this. Yeah, and he's super funny. <laughs> and he is very funny. And, and he's had a lot so. more time to... Yes, that's right. He spends a lot more time on it. And can I just say, like, if anyone is actually going to go and check out that podcast, don't start in the middle because you'll miss out on so so much good stuff. It's Mm. it's one I think you should definitely like listen from the beginning right the way through Mm. because it's a solid journey. Yeah, it is. And all the episodes are really solidly interconnected. That's true. You miss some of the in jokes if you don't listen from the beginning. That's right. That's (laughs) right. Okay, so to give you guys the picture. Right from very early in in the formation of our church, we can you can go right back to the American Civil War, and even from that point onwards, the Seventh Day Adventist Church was considered a, a peace church. Right, yeah. we were considered to be non-combatants as a general rule. So as we get through and we get into the the First and Second World Wars, particularly uh, you know, in in this case the fourteen eighteen war and the the split that occurred there. The issue that we find is that due to social pressure, etc., there was a church administrator by the name of L.R. Conradi. And Conradi, he not only permitted the people to enlist, but it was encouraged for people to go to war, take on these combative roles. So this was very different to the global church position. But as a result, there were a lot of people that you could imagine in his uh, under his area of administration who rebelled against this. And they said, mm. no, 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 this is not right. We're, we are going to be conscientious objectors. We, we refuse to fight. And so he, this was a very difficult time frame for, for that wing of the church. As a matter of fact, it got to the degree where the general conference sent uh, uh, the general secretary over on a fact-finding mission to see what was going on. And it eventually ended up with the president coming over. And it, as it turned out, eventually Conradi apologized for his actions, but the damage had already been done. This was after the war by some, some number, you know, number of time. And the people who had separated themselves away as a result of this even though he apologized it was too little too late from their perspective and so as a result they formed their own church which is still around today which is the seventh adventist reform church Mm -hmm. the reform movement and uh, this uh, i had a look on online and uh, wikipedia says this thereabouts thirty-five thousand adherents currently and to be honest that's kind of impressive because they have a presence in over 130 countries so, you know, they've, they've taken the, the Gospel Commission to a lot of places, and mm. so, yeah, they should be respected for that. Mm. But specifically in our story, the, what we got wrong as a, as a church was Conradi, certainly, as an administrator, ma- pulled the wrong lever, right? He made the wrong choice, and he bent to the social pressures of the day to uh, 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 permit or encourage, I should say, a combatancy. Mm. Mm. So, was, was that, did that make sense? 
Is that a fair story? Yeah, yeah, you did yeah. a pretty good job. Uh, yeah. So there's uh, there's a lot more context to it, and there were other you know splintered uh, movements that splintered off from that over time. But the the main point is, uh, yeah, as I say, factored around that uh, that statement of combatancy. So so why was this a thing that the church got wrong? Because it caused the division. Is that what you're saying? I would go. I would go deeper than that. Mm-hmm. I think yes, the fact that it caused the division is a bad thing, mm-hmm. but I think it was a, a faux pas on his part because he overstepped his bounds as a leader, yeah. and that brought the the church into disrepute, which caused the rift. But mm-hmm. I think also at a deeper level, from my perspective, I find this difficult because there I have such respect for the men and women who gave their lives to result in my freedom. So I am incredibly grateful to them. But at the same time, I personally don't don't think that I would be able to serve in in one of those roles because I I am ideologically opposed to, Mm -hmm. you know, pulling the trigger on somebody Mm -hmm. who is somebody else's father, husband, brother, you know. So... As much as I don't agree with war in that sense, and I couldn't do that myself, it doesn't stop me from being appreciative to those who mm. have given for the sake of my freedom. Mm. So, it, yeah, it is a challenge, but yeah, I personally, I think it's an ideological issue, a moral issue, yep. uh, not just a administrative f- failure on yeah. his part. What about you guys? If you were if you were called up, what would you say? I'd reckon I'd make a good company clerk. <laughs> yeah. Radar O'Reilly, huh? <laughs> yeah, that, that's all the job I should have imagined. I'm an accountant, so I figured I'd just put my skills to use for the um, military if I was ever called yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I, I, I would agree with that. I would be happy to support in supportive roles, but not in combat Pulling, roles. pulling yeah. the trigger, I just, like you, I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you pull the trigger on things. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually rabbits, though. <laughs> Have you have you asked asked yourself this question? I have, I have, a number of times. If I wasn't a Christian, I probably would have joined the army. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. And I probably wouldn't have that much of a you know a problem with shooting someone. However, I am a Christian, and thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> and. In the Ten Commandments, it says you know that we shouldn't go killing people. So that that has formed part a, a strong part in my mind. You know, that is why I don't go and and join the army because I would find it relatively easy to do if I did not have that mindset of I shouldn't kill. So while I agree with you, how do we reconcile that non-combative stance? You know, like you you were, you were pointing out, the commandments are very clear that we shouldn't murder. Obviously, there's the question of is is killing in war murder, but let's leave that aside for a second. But how do we reconcile that against the fact that there were many wars in the Bible that were truly God-ordained? Saul called his, killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Yeah. So I think some some of those occurrences we can probably explain away by the uh, injustice that was present in the nations that God was commanding the Israelites wipe out. Mm-hmm. For example, when they when they took Canaan, it may not have been God's ideal will for them to, to go in and kill people themselves, mm-hmm. but it was certainly God's plan to wipe out the Canaanites because their iniquity had reached its full height, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think sometimes God's hands are tied, basically, and that's the only option left, mm-hmm. is to wipe out a people group. 
Having said that, though, there are also a lot of places in the Old Testament that I can't give a you know a really good answer for why mm. I think God mm. God gave the directions that He gave, and it's in those places that I myself have to just go. You know what? There's a spot where I just have to have faith in the rest of the text, yeah. um, because I I can't yeah. reconcile that. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And I still believe God is a very good God, but I just don't like it when we minimalize what was actually going on to suit our personal bias about whether yeah. it's about God or about ourselves. Like if we wanted to join join the army, for example, NATO, to flip your argument on its head, we could probably find reasons in the Bible why that's okay. Yeah. Um, and yet at the same time, we can find reasons why it's not. So That'd I think like we need to... Proof texting almost. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So anyway... Just just sharing that because I feel like it's yeah. it's not it's not as black and white as we would often like it to be yeah. Yeah. when we read the Bible yeah. as a whole and we don't have biases. Yeah, I, I certainly don't think it's clear whether going to war is murder or not. Mm. I mean, it's certainly killing, but a question of whether it's murder, I think it's quite unclear on biblically speaking. Yeah, I guess I guess it would be like if you were living in Germany uh, amidst the Nazi regime. And you had an opportunity to put Hitler to rest, to quench some of the injustice that was going on as a result of his reign. Now, obviously, there was a whole lot of other people involved, and so I'm I'm, I'm minimalizing and I'm oversimplifying. So don't yeah. don't think that I'm completely naive. Yeah. <laughs> but if you had that opportunity, would pulling the trigger necessarily be a bad and evil thing? Yeah. Well, there are there are plenty of ways in which you could look at that as a God ordained choice that you that you should mm. make in that situation, for the sake of those whom Hitler was paying the injustice to, but you would have to have a serious conviction from God in order to feel that that was okay, wouldn't you? Mm. And to not have like constant se- sense of remorse mm. afterwards. Mm. So Cap- it's a, capture it's a him very... alive and convert him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very um, it's a very fine line, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It is, and I think this is this is one of those places that I think it is appropriate to leave it to people's conscience. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because it's not something that we can't read the heart, and mm-hmm. you also can't see what the Holy Spirit is saying mm-hmm. to the individual. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that it it is definitely something that we have to recognize our own insufficiency to answer yep. the question. Yep. Yep, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so we shouldn't therefore we shouldn't judge others based on their choice. Yes. Absolutely should should allow people to to have their own freedom to express their own freedom. But as a church, we did the wrong thing by making it sort of policy if you like that it was to be encouraged for our members yeah. to go to war. Yeah. Um, because then there's a pressure from from the church yeah. to go and do something that may not necessarily be in line with your conviction. Mm-hmm. Whereas as a church, if we if we say as a church we support non-combatancy, and and we will also respect your choice yeah. if you do choose to to go as a, as a combatant. Yeah. I think then we, we leave people with the free will to, to live up to the convictions mm. that God's placed on their hearts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think the, the problem with what the church did was that they made a very uh, individual decision corporately. Yeah. yeah. yeah now, for, for those that are very patriotic, does that mean that you can't fulfill that patriotic nature that you have yeah. in a non-combative role? Yeah, you certainly can as a matter of fact this was one of the big issues at the time because there were two classes of conscientious yeah. objector right well one of the the most famous conscientious 
conscientious objectors. Yeah. What was his name? Des- Desmond Doss. Doss. Yeah. I mean, he got America's highest honor, yeah, but he was a non-combatant. Yep. Very, exactly. very brave soldier yeah. in, in his yeah. role. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there were, as I was saying, the, the two categories, there were the people who were happy to function in, in non-combative roles, you know, being company clerk, being a medic on the field, you know, packing munitions, whatever. You know, then there was the other class that objected to war at, at a, a wholesale yeah. ideological level who didn't do a- any of the yeah. above, but they were treated very very badly because yeah. they wanted to make it very clear that if you were going to be a conscientious objector it was a serious decision to make mm-hmm. and so i think really really speaking it doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum it's a very serious decision mm-hmm. to make so yeah. therefore yeah. it should be respected and treated as such yep definitely so i guess to ask ourselves the question you know in, obviously this was a, a, a decision that was made by an administrator so someone higher up in the in the church structure but generally speaking what are the what are the principles that we can apply from this in our own experience perhaps not at such a high level i think i think it would be unwise to to try to compel somebody to take up a combatant role in, the, in that context of war, I mean, I, I'm not saying you can't express your own opinions. Like yeah. If you if you hold that viewpoint, then that's fine. Yeah. But to to make somebody feel guilty for not going, mm. I think that's taking it a step too far. Yeah. Because there is sufficient biblical evidence for a person to believe that it's not right for them to go and do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus told Peter to put his sword away. A great example of that during the during the war, well, when the war was on, I, I my grandfather told me because he was just slightly too young to mm-hmm. to go, but his his brother went, and he he was told uh, telling me that anybody that actually got drafted and didn't enlist, they were they were belittled. Like he said, like they'd call them chocolate soldiers. They they weren't the real thing, mm-hmm. and that it was such a such a, a mark of shame yeah. that nobody wanted to get drafted because, you know, then they would have this public stigma associated with the fact had nothing to do with whether they went and served or not, mm-hmm. but the fact they didn't actually go on enlists and choose to, to serve. They were, mm-hmm. they were publicly shamed for it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, even when I was, I was listening to Matt Lucio's podcasts on, you know, speaking about this, this time frame in England, the women would carry white feathers yeah. and if they saw a, a young man that w- would be of age to go to war in civilian clothing they would go and give him a white feather basically saying yeah well, you're a coward you're soft. yeah you're soft yeah. So, and so that's a great example of what we shouldn't <laughs> we shouldn't be doing yeah. we, we, we shouldn't be doing in those cases yeah for sure yeah. I think it's probably equally true for the, op- opposite, the opposite scenario yeah, mm-hmm. like I've had friends who probably have... more likely today yeah, I've had friends who have who have wanted to get into the army, and and I've counselled them fr- from my heart that I don't think it would be wise for them. But at the end of the day, you've got to support the decision that they make. Absolutely, um, because it, it's a. I think it's a far worse thing to make them feel you know that that added guilt, that added pressure. Yes, associated with that choice. 
because ultimately they're they're doing what they think is right. You I mean you don't go to war because you really really want to? Yeah, because you, you know think what it's I mean. A fun thing to do on a Saturday. Afternoon. I mean, maybe there are some, but but on the most part, you go yeah. to war because you honestly want to serve because you think it's the best and right thing to do. Yeah. And so to to make somebody feel terrible for doing that is probably not wise either. So I think mm-hmm. it's just wise to be to be to share your views definitely, but just not to be forceful with them. Yes. Be supported um, of the very be sensitive. It's a very yeah. sensitive issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would there be any advice for other areas in the church that has has a similar sort of sensitivity? Yeah, sensitivity where some of the administration might go, yeah, you should be doing this. That's not necessarily combatancy or anything to do with army. I think just, just the generally o- over overarching principle. Yeah, yeah. I, I think definitely where matters of conscience are concerned. We, they should never be mandated. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, obviously, Conradi, he made an error of judgment, but I think if our uh, if our leaders, you know, and if any of our leaders are listening, you know, praise the Lord that, that you're faithfully executing your role to the best of your ability. But, yeah, we, we encourage you to learn, you know, learn from history and mm-hmm. uh, that when there are issues like this that are not clear, to yeah, recognize the safety in, in the council of those that are around you, like Conradi should have. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was really, he went out on a limb to make yeah. that choice, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. So you've written in here a really good question. I think, how can we avoid this situation, this kind of situation in the future? So, you know, it is entirely possible that, you know, there would be a war again and have to have, have to make this choice as a church. Mm. And so, so I think what we're all trying to say really is, is to be to be kind, to be supportive, but mm. but not to be um, what's the word? Not to be playing the role of the Holy Spirit and telling people what's right and what's not. Yes, you can't compel people to believe things, yeah. especially in something in this this area yeah. being so grey. Yeah, yeah. And, and also this area being so life and death. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll... Pretty let... sober one, eh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> if it, well, we started pretty funny, but we got pretty sober. Yeah. 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 No, not that we started drunk either, but anyway. But um, <laughs> so anyway, we're going to leave this one here, but we will be back with episode number two. No doubt be a special episode. <laughs> yeah. Festive. Festive episode. So anyway, so we're going to leave it there. We look forward to catching you guys for the next episode. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. And see. a shout out to... Matt's podcast? Yes. Where, where can they get the, that podcast to listen to it? Yeah, the Adventist History Podcast. If you just throw that into Google, I'm fairly sure. I, I think the web address is adventisthistorypodcast.org, if I recall correctly. But yeah, just Google Adventist History Podcast. Google You'll knows find the it. answer. Google knows always. all the answers. That's it. <laughs> Google awesome. is always watching. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't, don't be evil. Uh, all right. See you guys. Yeah. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our 
mailing list. So I would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that. If you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet, you can go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us. So if you want to help us reach those goals, please jump in and give us a review. The final message that I'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our Patreon account. Now, Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately, what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk. And you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.